twowayradios.com, check, check. Bytwowayradios.com. Recorded almost live from Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's the Two Way Radio Show. Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roque. And this is the podcast about Two-Way Radios for Business and Consumer Communications. Today we'll tell you about the different types of audio accessory connectors that are commonly used with Two-Way Radios. We'll talk about some of the most common types of connectors used, explain the confusion that can result from the different labels used to identify them between different manufacturers, and discuss why adapters used to convert one type of connector to another are not easy to find. We'll also take some of your comments and questions from our blog and our forum at TwoWayRadioForum.com. Our show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. BuyTwoWayRadios.com, your radio specialists. There are many different types of audio and data connectors used for two-way radios, and they all do essentially the same thing. Each connector allows a human operator or device to interface directly with a two-way radio for the transmission and reception of voice or data communications. However, although some may look very similar in form or design, no two styles of connectors are exactly alike. That's right. Buckle up, everyone. We've got an exciting topic today. And that's our podcast for the day. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Take it. You're, you're going to have to run with this one, Rick. I well, I, the, the, I mean, there are a lot of different types of, of audio connectors for two-way radios. and Yeah, um, yeah there are. And I mean, one of the most common questions I get is, why do they do that? Well, it's, you know, why not just make one audio connector fit all radios? Well, it just doesn't work that way. You don't make, mm-hmm. just like on cars, there's not one oil filter that fits every car out there. There's How do you different- think that is? That's, so Motorola has a different connector than Kenwood. Right. That right. has a different connector than ICOM. How did this happen? Right. I don't know how this happened. Yeah. Well, some uh, of it's proprietary, to be sure. Some of it's pr- so, proprietary, but there there are other reasons for it. I think we'll get into those in just a second. You uh, think the, the folks first... at ICOM were sitting around going, uh, "We need to. We don't want to use the <laughs> Motorola one. They've got kind of got that. We need to make up our own thing." And is that what happened? I think it's a combination of proprietary reasons and practical reasons. I think there's some. Uh, there, there's uh, at least one or two practical reasons behind it. Um, I don't. Know. I, I want to be in the meeting where they're sitting around going, "You know what." We need to come up with a new type of audio connector. There's just no connector on the market that, that meets our needs right now. Just so we, we need can a new sell one. a whole new slew of accessories. Um, and there's some of them I, that I'm are really goofy, do. too. It's like, yeah, oh, well, let's, really let's use a let's use a just a snap in. Let's well, let's use one that snaps in. But you've got one screw that holds it in. No, let's go. We're going to take ours and have two screws that hold it in. And blah, it's 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 kind of ridiculous. 
Well, I think one reason behind it probably is because when the connectors were first designed, there may have been some patents on it from a particular company that another company can't or another manufacturer can't use for a while unless they pay some kind of licensing fee or something for that for that patent. And then they say, well, I guess we're going to have to design our own connector for it. And then all of a sudden, you've got all these different connectors. I think Wuxian's uh, been paying that? Uh... No, but, well, uh, you know, the patents expire too, so... Uh, I think with a K1 connector, uh, which I think is also, it's really interesting how so many of the Chinese manufacturers have all just kind of jumped onto that connector. It's probably the cheapest but one to make. It probably is. I wouldn't doubt it. But, you know, uh, before we go too too deep in here, let's let's talk about a couple of the different types of connectors. We have, there are different types, and, and you'll have either one or two pin connectors that are just kind of straight through connectors. And, and. A lot of them are used on auto accessories for, for you know, for personal and some business radios. And then you have some. Yeah, this other is ones. like you would you would see for a, a headphone jack right, on your phone right. or something, where you you actually plug a pin into the device. Or many radios have two pins, one for the microphone and one for the speaker. Mm-hmm. And and then you'll have other multi-pin connectors. Some of them are you know maybe four or five pins. Some of them seven eight maybe as many as a dozen pins on them. And uh, that, those are usually like just little contacts. They're not actually right. pins that you insert into the, the radio, like the three and a half they inch. flat blades mm-hmm. is what they refer to, blade-type connectors. Blade-type connectors. Well, you know, some of these connectors, I mean, they're designed for specific radios, as we mentioned before, and proprietary. Uh, and some of them may have special functions or features, um, waterproofing. Options, intrinsically right. safe functionality. And that's why some of them are different the way they are because some of them are more – some of these connectors allow uh, the radios to be a little more waterproof than others. Uh, some with in- intrinsically safe uh, connections. Uh, I think that uh, that has a lot to do with with the uh, uh, the reason why they're, they're designed differently. Yeah, um, maybe. Because yeah, the intrinsically safe part is, is- – yeah, that's in the electrical uh, current. Uh, I don't think that's gonna. Yeah, well, it, it can be uses, if they, it, they have a. It uses the same connector, but it's got. It's just been approved for, um, the intrinsically safe part of it. Whatever they got to do to the, the FM approval or whatever they've got to do to it. It's the same connector. You could mm-hmm. take a intrinsically safe mic for a Vertex VX four fifty one intrinsically safe, and it's the same connector as a VX two sixty one non. Um, Although some of them have some some special seals and things like that on them to to help keep any inadvertent spark from from coming out, I think, or or flying out of the radio to to start something. Um, the waterproofing I can see because some some pin, maybe you need a different type of connector for waterproofing. Multi pin mm-hmm. is much better for waterproofing because you don't actually have. A hole in the radio; you just have like a gold contact there, which is a big deal. I mean. Uh, we were talking in the last episode about the the uh, the new uh, UVN one, UVN one, and then comparing that with the MD twenty seventeen from TYT. While the MD twenty seventeen was using a multi pin, and uh, and of course a big reasoning for that, you know, generally the the Chinese were using the K one style connectors, but then all of a sudden they switched to this Motorola style connector. And why did they do that? Um, our best guess on that was. The waterproofing factor that it was easier to to seal up and waterproof the uh, multi pin connector than it was for the two pin. 
and then you didn't have that big. Yeah, yeah. The multi pin is definitely a easier to waterproof. So now these connectors, of course, all are assigned labels uh, or, or some kind of designator for the different types, such as uh, you know the common ones that are out there, like K1 for Kenwood and the two pin, M1 for the Motorola S6, Y1, uh, things like that. But it can be kind of confusing because uh, when you're when you're looking at different manufacturers, like say for instance Impact, mm-hmm. the Impact uh, connectors, their designators don't necessarily line up with say an XLT or a, a Rocket Science or something like that. There's They're all different. Absolutely no standard at all for. Uh, I mean, the most popular ones seem to be standardized. Like M1 is going to be the same everywhere. If you get a Klein, Rocket Science, uh, Impact, XLT. All those manufacturers, M1 is an M1. But if you look at like an M5, mm-hmm. what some accessory manufacturers call an M5, others may call an M7 and have a different M5. Mm-hmm. So you always have to look at the compatibility chart, especially if you're using something not not super popular. Like an, And by super popular, let's say M1, K1. Right. Anything other than those two, I would say be sure to check the list. Make sure yeah. your radio's on it. I can True. remember the days when XLT Communications used to call them MTs for Motorola Talkabout and then MW1s for – or MB1s for Motorola Business. Or uh, ML for Midland. Yeah, they used to <laughs> – yeah, I can remember the days when uh, they used to do that. But that, that just causes more confusion because when someone is looking for a connector for their radio – and they're, and they're looking through different brands of connectors. They're saying, well, okay, is this really going to fit my radio? And at the end of the day, they really kind of have to rely on the individual uh, connector charts that a lot of the uh, uh, companies have, the manufacturers have, to say, okay, is my radio on this chart for this particular connector? Um, rather than just saying, hey, I need an M1 connector. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. You, you've really got to check the, the chart because you can't rely on, oh, I know what an M6 is. An M6 is the same everywhere because, you know, an M6, mm-hmm. like, it, it may be best if each manufacturer came up with their own completely crazy non-standard thing because right now you're going to have people going, oh, and I need an M6 because I had an M6 before. But you buy a rocket science M6 instead of an impact M6. And you end up with a completely different compatibility problem. Yeah. And, and, and of course, you've got some of those where you have the same connector, say an ICOM uh, I5 and an ICOM SA. Well, one uh, manufacturer is calling it an I5. The other one's calling it an SA. But it's the same exact connector. And so people were doubly confused because they're saying, okay, which one do I need, an I5 or an SA? Well, either one. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and sometimes – like, look, there's an S2 and an S6, which are – an S2 will work on an S6, but it doesn't have the screw right. to hold it down, if I recall. The like, S2 is more for, like, the Midland radios. Yeah, Midland mm-hmm. and ICOM use the same connector, but one of them has a 90-degree turn, I mm-hmm. believe, and it's, it's a mess. I ran into that issue myself when I was trying to ID the connector on the MD2017 initially because it looked very similar to one of the the motor. There were basically two Motorola connectors, 
and it looked similar to both of them, but it didn't seem to quite fit with either one. And so I had a little bit of a time trying to, when I first put uh, put up the uh, MD-2017 on our site, I, I was like, okay, which actual Motorola connector does this go to? You know, the, which, which one is it? Um, and it, uh, it finally figured it out, but it, it, it took a little bit doing because... How did you even know really, it was a Motorola? I mean, it could have been could any multi yeah, right? Been, it could have been a he Harris. Pro- he probably asked me. I asked you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, le- and let him sit at his desk trying to figure it out for a while. <laughs> it's a Motorola <laughs> something. I don't know. Some, some, some kind of radio, uh, connector. But, uh, you know, the, there there is no standard really for the connector labels, which is, does confuse people. And we get we get questions in our forums. We get questions in the blog all the time uh, asking about this. But then there's something, there's another situation here uh, with the connectors where people are looking to, uh, they, they have an existing uh, headset for a, another radio, and they want to adapt it to a different radio. Or they have an, a connector for for some other device that they want to adapt to the radio. And then they realize, well, you know, some of these connectors, they look kind of similar. Like there's a in there a Cobra one, and a, a, not a Cobra, there's a Midland connector and uh, that, that looks very similar to the K1, but it's um, the pins are a little bit different. A little shorter, closer yeah, yeah. Mid- together. Midland has narrower pins. They mm-hmm. use the same pins pin set. Uh, mm-hmm. is, if that is that a phrase, is that a word? A pin set? <laughs> it is now. It is now. Okay, they use the same pin set as ICOM, mm-hmm. but the angle is different. Midland has a, a ninety degree angle. The cord comes off on a ninety degree angle, whereas with ICOM, it's just coming uh, straight directly out of the back of the pins, I believe. And if you if you're really not that familiar with the different uh, pin ties, pin styles, pin set, pin sets, pin sets, the right, appropriate term, you trademark that now. <laughs> uh, if you're not really that, if you're not really eyeballing it closely, you know, you just pick it up and you look at two. They both look pretty much the same. Since so you know, try plugging one in, oh, how come it doesn't? It even fits a little bit. But wait a minute, how come it doesn't work? Well, that's you know, that's one reason why it doesn't, why it might not work. When you have the pins, usually one of them is a two and a half millimeter and the other is a three and a half millimeter. But there's also no standard for which size is the mic and which size is the speaker. Um, with Kenwood, I'm pretty sure the three and a half inch or three and a half millimeter is three and a half inch. That's a long <laughs> connector. I keep saying that the three and a half millimeter is the speaker. Mm-hmm. Which is great because you could just plug in a headphone jack into a Kenwood radio and use like earbuds or something with the mm-hmm. radio, and that works. Um, but with Motorola, with an M1, it's opposite. The two and a half millimeter is the speaker, and the three and a half is, uh, or maybe I'm backwards. I'm confused now. So <laughs> it, I found this out because someone, we had a customer that, that wanted to be able to just redirect the audio for the radio into an earbud or plug it into a PA system. So um, we figured out what the, we figured out what radio they would need, just be able to plug in a straight three and a half millimeter jack into the side of the radio and get the sound to go through their PA or their headset. Now, having said that, uh, sometimes these things can be very, very similar or the same and be wired differently. Internally too, so you, you'll get a couple of connectors that look very similar to each other. It may not, may even fit, but they might be 
yeah, wired completely different. Your push to talk doesn't work. Yeah, for example. exactly. Yeah. And that that throws people off too. So yeah, they're um, it, it does it gets really confusing sometimes. Uh, and when it comes to the case of trying to to get one adapter to a, an adapter that will convert one type of connector to another type of connector, that's even more difficult. And, and people, we get a lot of requests from people saying, hey, is there an adapter out there? Do you have an adapter that will convert this to this? And with a very few exceptions, I mean, there are a few out there, and we carry a few now as well. From, right. And we carry a few now from XLT. Uh, but with very, very few exceptions, you're very hard-pressed to find a, an adapter that's going to convert one type to another, uh, generally because they don't exist. For the most part, a lot of them just simply don't exist. They're expensive, too. The ones that we do sell, um, mm -hmm. the XLT-branded adapters, they're usually for high-end radios, I guess, uh, maybe if you're spending $1,000 on a radio. Um, a lot of multi-pin. There's... A limited accessory selection, perhaps. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe going from one type of connector to another is, is more of a necessity and you don't mind spending 40 bucks on an adapter. But with the types of radios that most people have, it's probably usually better just to buy a new headset right. with the adapter yeah. that you you need. I, mean, I can understand if you've got a M1 connector to headset and you've just got a Moto Turbo radio. You can you can buy an adapter for cheaper than you can buy a new typically a new multi pin. Those the multi pin adds a lot of money to you know price yeah, to the to the headset. So, um, but if you're wanting to go from like an M1 to a K1, buy a K1 headset. You can get them for yeah. twenty bucks. Makes for, more for sense. a whole new headset. Now we have a couple of adapters there that adapt to multi pin with a Hyros adapter. Yeah, I'm seeing Hyros a lot more. Um, lately, I think it's gaining in, in popularity. That's um, kind of a, a standard headset type connector. Mm -hmm. And then um, you can get pretty much any connector to high rows. So um, I think maybe there's something something to that. If you're making a high-end headset, mm -hmm. use that high rows connector. That way you don't have to make a lot of different versions of your headset. And then let your customer get an adapter for whatever radio they have. Um, but we have a few of these. We have what uh, four or five different. We have four or five different adapters that will work with some of these uh, from XLT Communications. Uh, Impact has a, a a few adapters as well. They have a limited number of adapters. Now the difference here is that the XLT Communications that's that's really a, a very popular brand, lower price, good value option. Um, it's a pretty good. Pretty good way to go, uh, especially if you're on a budget. The Impact are a lot higher priced, but they, they have some really, really high quality. They have a better uh, selection, too. Yeah. I think they have a larger number of adapters with Impact. Yeah. And I don't think we stock those, though, but. I think um, we have a few. We have a, I think we, we have a couple. Keep them in stock. We, we can special keep. order them, and I think we have the, yeah. the whole line on the website. Um, but some of them you may buy, and then they don't ship for a day or two. But that's the lowdown on adapters, pretty much. I mean, if if you weren't confused, <laughs> if you were confused about the whole adapter thing before, uh, this should help. You probably still are <laughs> still confused, more confused. <laughs> but uh, or sleeping. If you were hoping for clarity, <laughs> you didn't get. It. Uh, well, well, uh, <laughs> there's no clarity here. We tried. <laughs> 
there is no clarity. I mean, the bottom line is there are a lot of different connectors out there. There's no standard for them. There are a few ways that you can can convert one to another with a a special adapter, but it's not easy. It's not cheap. And um, good luck finding them. And uh, <laughs> and and for the most part, it's it's all, yeah. And don't assume that because you've seen um, M4 before uh, or M7 before or, or something that it's going to work with your radio. Check the chart for the mm-hmm. brand that you're buying and make sure that that works with your radio. That's good advice. All right. Well, we have some comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twoayradioforum.com. Uh, none about connectors this time or adapters, uh, but uh, we have plenty of other comments. Those and are questions. probably going to end now that the stellar podcast <laughs> yeah. is being put out. I think we've put those questions to rest. <laughs> we've answered them. We've answered them all. But um, the first one comes from Dan. Uh, he's commenting on uh, the uh, the FCC advisory against the import uh, uh, and sale and use of unauthorized two-way radios that we've talked about so much on this podcast and uh, on our blog, and we've had discussions on in the past. Dan says, uh, I know several FD and EMS services and some schools that use these radios on channels they hold licenses for. If they hold an FCC license and are not interfering with anyone, can they continue to use? The cost is what allowed some of these services to be able to afford new radios. And that's from Dan. Um, that depends a lot on the radio, I'd say. If the radio itself is, is type accepted for use on those frequencies... Then it's legal for use. The, the 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 problem comes when the radio isn't type accepted for use on that particular service. Uh, and uh, no, the FCC advisory says if it's not, then you shouldn't be using it. You should stop using it. That's pretty much the bottom line. Uh, anyone want to add to that? I think you covered it. Yeah. Our uh, next one comes from. Let's see. Our next one comes from SAR315, and uh, he's commenting on episode 135. We're talking about the new higher-powered handheld radios for 2019. He says, uh, beware of opinions that such-and-such is the only thing that matters, or that so-and-so always matters. 50-watt mobile radios used to be must-have items, but now people are finding that inexpensive 10-watt mobiles are quite effective. How is it possible? Well, there's an old saying. How old? About 90 seconds. That enthusiasm buys more power, but experience buys better in tennis. And that's from SAR 315. That's, yeah. That sounds like wisdom. That sounds like wisdom. Sounds pretty smart to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what we were talking about. It's like, you know, that the uh, how how powerful do they really have to be? I mean, it's be- you're better off going with a... You know, trying to to upgrade your antenna or up, you know, uh, doing other things. I mean, you can to, get reception with a with with a, a a coat hanger on your TV, but if you had a high def antenna thing on there on your window, it's going to come in better. Oh yeah, especially if you're trying to. And I've I've had questions from gooder. people that are gooder, much gooder. Uh, questions from people that are in their vehicles and they're saying, well, how, you know, I've got this handheld. It's how much farther will I get if, uh, if we're, you know, on the road car to car and, uh, and I have to tell them, well, not very far if you're 
in the vehicle and your antenna is on the handheld radio in the vehicle with you, it's not going to go that far. You really need to have something outside the vehicle, you know, a mobile antenna of some sort to cut through the, uh, the uh, obstruction of the vehicle itself. It does make me nervous that if manufacturers start upping the wattage, like mm-hmm. we did the miles range in uh, the FRS, GMRS radio world, kind of afraid we're going to end up in 20-watt handheld land. Oh, boy. 600-mile <laughs> range. <laughs> and everyone walks around glowing. <laughs> um, literally. Well, let's see. Our next one comes from Denny. And he's also commenting on uh, episode 135, the new power, uh, high-powered handheld radios. He says, uh, make GMRS handhelds repeater capable. Since Midland has mobile GMRS that are repeater capable, but they should have handhelds that are repeater capable. I agree, GMRS handhelds should have a removable antenna option. And that's from Denny. Uh, but we were talking about how, uh, we were talking about the GMRS radios, the higher powered ones. Um, yeah, we, and we were a little we were disappointed. The, yeah, the Midlands. We were a little disappointed that uh, that they didn't have the removable antenna. Well, I have it on good authority that the folks at Midland listened to this podcast. So, really, are you listening, Midland? People <laughs> want a high-powered GMRS radio with a removable antenna and, and repeater, repeater capability. capability. Yeah, and I think that was uh, Anthony's big. What you made a big point about. Was the repeater capability or lack thereof on the handhelds? Yeah, I mean they there there was a couple that had it, and then they just went away. Yeah. All right. Well, the next one comes from uh, KHP five five six eight. He says he's talking about the new Motorola DTR radios. He says I just received my first DTR seven hundred. I love the smaller size and bright screen. However, I am disappointed to see that the programming is very different than the DTR six fifty, requiring a whole new setup and learning curve in the programming software. Is there really no over-the-air contacts reprogramming with the DTR-700? That is one of the best parts of the DTR radios. That's from KHP5568. Yeah, you can do over-the-air programming uh, with the the new DTRs. You just can't go from the old DTRs to the new DTRs, the 410s, 550s. I've heard rumblings. I mean, I'm not promising anything, but I've heard rumblings that because that's been a major complaint, and I've heard that they're working on that to get it, you know, to where you can use a, a file from a DTR 600 or 550 to uh, write into your DTR 700. Um, that that's been a major gripe with with folks, and, and Motorola knows about it. But who knows if they'll they'll do anything, you know, with that. All right. Well, the last one comes from Christian. Uh, Christian is asking about Hyatera uh, HYT TC320 and a Baofeng UV5R. He says, okay, so I'm new to this whole two-way radio thing, but trying to fumble my way around. I am a teacher in a public school, and we have several HYT TC320 radios in use. We use Channel 1 for most things, but our student-run tech crew uses Channel 3. So I thought I would try something since I need to be listening to both channels at once. 
more or less. I bought a Baofeng UV5R radio thinking I could set up both bands on the Baofeng and listen to both frequencies. I have the settings for the HYT TC320 on my computer, so I know the frequency I should be using. When I set that frequency, I cannot use the Baofeng to uh, receive or transmit and be heard by the TC320. Uh, and you have some pointers from me. I'd love to find a way to do this, and that's from Christian. Um, it should work. It I don't, should I don't work. know what the the problem. Uh, I don't know what kind of problem that you're having. But I it, think it there's work. one. I think there's one thing that might be if he if he sets up the uh, frequencies, he also has to set up privacy codes. Well, uh, yes. If so he doesn't know the privacy code, if he if the other radios are using privacy codes and he does not put a privacy code in, he'll still be able to hear. Mm-hmm. He won't be able to talk. transmit. Yeah, he won't be able to transmit. But so that makes me think that's not it. It makes me think that he's got the wrong PL tone in there altogether. So let's mm-hmm. just say they're using 67.0. He put in 77.0. He's not going to hear or be able to transmit. Mm-hmm. He should have at least, if he's got his frequency right and, and no tone set, he should be able to hear. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, it's like a mo- open squelch monitor. Um, but if he's, I mean, the biggest thing is if they key up their radio, is his radio lighting up like it's trying to receive? If it is, he's either A, got a bad radio, or B, it's, it's just not, he do, he doesn't have a tone set correctly in there. It's my, it, likely likely what you just said. Yeah, it, it's either, there's two things you have to worry about, frequency and tone. Mm-hmm. Tone may be referred to as a CTCSS, DCS, privacy code, anything like that. Those are the two things you have to check. If they match, you should be talking. That's right. All right. Well, I guess that does it for our comments and questions in this episode. Send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buy2wayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on iTunes. Blueberry.com, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. Um, the list goes on and on. Uh, before we go, uh, any other final comments? I don't think so. Nope. All right. Well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWayRadios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buy2wayradios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoy. I'm Danny Feemster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And we're out. Out.